Enjoy Radio Free Brooklyn. This is what Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How you guys doing? Well, how, uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's been like the most fucked up week. I'm still, I'm still standing, but it's fucked up. I got COVID and my dog had a stroke. That's a lot. So my husband and I both had COVID and we had to deal with the dog, taking it to the vet. Plus we couldn't go in anywhere, getting the medication. Do you know how crazy that was? I'm sure you do. Um... Anyway, I just want to say thank you for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. You know, I have an, a, a very special guest on today, Noah Becker. Do you guys have... Um, okay, so here's the thing. Noah Becker um, is a, a very well-known art world figure uh, who just did an interview with Anna Delvey. So we're going to have... We're going to talk about, like, Anna Delvey, her art, her art, her, you know, all that stuff in a minute. Why am I nervous? You know why? I don't know why. I think I'm a little intimidated by Noah. He has a very successful podcast and stuff, and that that could be it. Um, and this is also a call-in show. So we're going to be managing. There, I'm looking at him now. He's on Zoom. I feel much better now that I can see you. Hi, Noah. All right. Waving back. Um, yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I need a minute to relax. You get that, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I'm pretty neurotic. Do you, do you see me as neurotic? Well, I saw a stand-up comedian once, and he was saying that basically if you're in Manhattan or New York or the Brook- Manhattan-Brooklyn area, that you're automatically Jewish, even if you're not Jewish. Uh-huh. Because you have this imposed kind of neurotic stress put on you. Right, 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 right. And I'm trying to, like, chill out so I can, so we can do this. Because, like, we're friends, Noah. I should feel relaxed, right? Conceivably, yes. But you've had a hard week, so maybe you're a little bit shell-shocked. Oh, okay. Also, you know what else about you, Noah? I was going to say this before. You're, um, you're, has anyone ever said this to you? You're really hard to read. You're a really hard to read person. I know enough from being around you, spending time around you and seeing you and, Uh you know, reading your stuff and exposure, Noah Becker exposure. But I think that you're a kind, warm person, and I think you have a good sense of humor, but, but both of those are hard to uh, extract immediately upon meeting you. Do you does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You're hard to read. That's possible. Have you heard that before? I have heard that yeah. Oh, okay. So, see, that's why I'm a little nervous, guys, because Noah's hard to read. We're doing this on Zoom, and um, Noah's representing an authority figure. This is so much counter-transparency. Well, what would you like? What would you like me to be? Well, you're if you're you right. It, no, wait, wait, wait. If you had it your way, what would you like me to be? 
Well, I'd like you to be exactly the way you are. Um, I am projecting authority figure onto you, which is what happens to me with a lot of people, particularly people I respect. Well, that would mean I was that would mean I was a gatekeeper, and I'm I'm actually a gate opener. I'm not a a gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's all my it's all my projection, Noah. But that's why I'm telling you about it so that okay. that you can see this. Like when we're in a, like a social situation, I mean, I feel mm-hmm. fine. But um, you're a real expert in in here, and that's why the opening was so awkward. Plus, I had technical problems. So uh. so, but you know what? Everything's fine. I just have to do my pitch right now. For the station, you know, okay? You can always just kick me off the show if I get out of hand. No, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. I just have to, like, get into it, you know? I had a... I had, well, never mind. Enough enough about me. You look relaxed. Folks, we're on... Noah's in Western Canada. What's the time there? Is the time zone different? It's 11 a.m. 11 a.m. We're on a different time zone and Noah looks really relaxed. His he's actually horizontal. He looks like he's lying on some kind of really nice, kind of olive green leather couch. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are you in your studio by any chance, or? No, I'm at my uh, home. Home. Okay. Oh, those are two different places, right? Yeah. Western Canada. You still need two different places. But I want to tell people about this station, okay? Because this station fucking kicks ass. All right. Um, Radio Free Brooklyn is the best radio station in the Western Hemisphere, okay? We have over 70 live shows, and we, um, a show of every imaginable type. We have talk, we have comedy, we have music, and when we say we have music, we have Every kind of music. We have, like, Noah likes jazz. We have jazz, Noah. Did you know that? We have some great jazz shows. Oh, that's nice. We also have rap. We have rock. We have, and um, we have shows about, we have talk shows about crime. But anyway, you should, everything. You should go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and look us up. And check out all our programming, and then donate some money or ha- buy some merch. Okay, I did it. Back to Noah. There, I'm feeling better now. I'm feeling better. I just had to chill for Good. a second. Good. Um. So anyway, I was going to introduce you, Noah, by saying what Donald Cuspid wrote about you. But I oh. think I'm just going to go through it, like really quickly, okay? Because I don't like to read word for word on the show okay so here's all the highlights folks so you can get an idea who noah becker is if you don't know um so he uh he grew up on uh thetis island a tiny island which is hard to which you should note because noah is a very socially graceful guy and he grew up in the middle of nowhere uh off of british columbia blah 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 uh, this is what Cuspit said, Cuspit, famous art writer, uh, venerable, well-respected art writer. Uh, Becker is kind of a displaced person with multiple personalities, for he is an accomplished jazz musician, founder and editor of an online magazine, that's White Hot Magazine, an art writer and a critic, 
as well as a painter. He's a man about town, a citizen of two very co- two very different countries, and similarly, div- and remarkably and relentlessly relentlessly creative with a wide ranging knowledge of the history of art. You know that's yeah. true, Noah. Like I that's feel like. Yeah, well, I don't act. I don't actually identify as a critic. You don't? I don't write. No, because I I publish people that that do, but I don't. I've never really written a, a review. I mostly do interviews. Right. Well, I guess I guess Donald considered you a peer, and he's a critic. Well, he he likes my ideas, and he respects my writing, which is I think a huge accomplishment because he's, he's really yeah. high level, and he likes my art. He's written about it several times and he came to my jazz concert which was which was unexpected because i didn't i guess he heard about it or whatever but um that's so cool he's good, yeah he's a good person i just don't i don't write art reviews mm-hmm. i could mm-hmm. but i just i i think there's only a few people that do it properly you know yeah it's really hard to do are you offended are you afraid of offending artists no no i just I feel like art criticism is something that people do and everybody doesn't do it. Uh-huh. I think a lot of, I publish a lot of people who are great at writing about art. Right, I could only, see that. Because you publish... There's only like, you could count on your hand the, the really primary art people that are quote-unquote art critics. And um, most of them I've published, not all of them, but... I, I respect art criticism, and I wouldn't try. I don't feel like that's my specialty. I I, I like I like um, I based my magazine more sort sort of on the Warhol model and less on the kind of art critic model. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that um, you know, judging by the people you publish, you have a pretty high bar on um, art criticism, and you also know a lot about like art history and all that stuff that, yeah, uh, yeah. painting, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of, like, all that all that stuff, stuff that I don't really actually... I mean, that, there would be an awful lot of trouble if I started flexing my critic muscle and acting like an art critic, like, I mean, it would be an awful lot of trouble. Yeah, it would, no be, it would be, it would be, I could see it as a conflict, for sure. A lot of, it would be a lot a lot, a lot of trouble if I started talking like that about people's work. It's not not my interest. Well, you know what my interest is right now? My interest is letting people, like that segue, I'm letting, I want people to know that, um, they, okay, so here's the thing. Noah um, did a, was just in a show with Anna... Delvey? Do you call her Anna Delvey? I don't Anna, call her Anna Sorokin. You don't? No one does, really. Right? Anna well, Delvey, that's the character we're talking about, really. Yeah. So anyway, Noah did this, Did was in a show. He was very closely connected with the show. He's very good friends. So should you explain it then? Do you want to explain... Um, you know, your relationship, not your relationship, because we only have an hour, Noah, so I'm really conscious about time. But could you quickly talk about how the show came to be and your connection with Anna through Alfredo 
Martinez and who he is. So you just explain it really quickly. Well, incidentally, he's appearing on Dr. Phil next week with Anna. Really? Oh, that's so interesting. What day do you know? I don't know what the day is, but there's there's, um, the thing you have to understand about Anna Delvey is that she's a big news story. Yes. And her narrative is being expanded by the curatorial efforts of Alfredo. Hmm. And he requested that I connect with her on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, wait, I excuse me a second. I just want to let our listeners know who Alfredo Martinez is. He's um, famous for making forged Basquiat's, correct? Yeah. He went to jail for forging Basquiat's. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, okay, go and ahead. It took, me a lot, it took me a number of years to find that the association with him was something that was relevant to what I was doing because there were a lot of people that were like, oh, why, you know, don't hang out with that guy. He's a criminal or he's an ex-criminal mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But um, I see him as being a rehabilitated criminal that mm-hmm. is now acting in a legal manner. I see Anna Delvey as someone who's going to come out of jail mm-hmm. and wants to do things in a legal manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they wanted me to connect with Michael Alec mm-hmm. back, back when he was still alive. And I didn't want to connect with somebody who had chopped a person up in a bathtub and thrown their body parts into the river or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like, I have limits for what <laughs> level of... I have limits for what level of criminal I want to be associated with. Mm-hmm. Well, you, we're talking about rehabilitating, you know, kind of the best kind of criminals, criminals that are actually a good example, people that show they can go through the system and come out, you know, in, with a different act. Right. You know. I've, had many, I've had many conversations. Obviously, I've been friends with Alfredo for years, and I helped him out quite a bit when he came out of prison by, by promoting him and presenting him as an interesting artist, which he is an interesting mm-hmm. artist. Doesn't go much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Anna Delvey, I've talked to her over the past number of weeks, months, and on the phone and, and in chat, and she wants to proceed in a legal manner. She has ideas that failed because she got in over her head and acted foolishly and you know, mm-hmm. um, but my point was is that the media loves Anna Delvey, this huge I story, of this Netflix show, and the narrative of her ripping people off or whatever it was, um, and the narrative that they put on in the Netflix show and all that kind of stuff has a sort of a certain repetitiveness after a while, like the story's been mm-hmm. told a lot. Mm-hmm. I agree. But the minute that that story um, diversifies and becomes an art story, all of a sudden it gives every news outlet the opportunity to widen the story. Mm-hmm. And they're in the business of reporting, and she's a great story, and it gives them the opportunity to report further without retreading. Right, 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 because the media needs new news. So, no, you know what I was going to do? I was going to play the intro of your... I I posted all the stuff on my Facebook page 
about the show. So you about the show we're doing right now. So you listeners can just look it up and find the interview um, that Noah did with Anna. The whole thing. It's on, it's on the White Hot Magazine Art World podcast on Spotify and Apple. So go check it out. But um, just just for the benefit of my listeners, I have the. I just am going to play for you the intro of uh, Noah speaking with her um, when she's in jail. And then um, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to call in if you have any questions. I have plenty of questions for Noah myself, so don't worry about it. But if you want to call in and ask Noah anything about art um, or, or Anna Delvey or any Anna Delvey, whatever. Here's your chance. What can't? Where's Where's a great place to go in Western Canada? He could really help you with that too. So here's the number. I'm going to play the thing and announce the number again. Okay. So the number is seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. Call in with your questions. Seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. Okay, now I am going to play... Wait, say the number one more time. Okay. Then, then Oh, slower. Okay. 718-673-8201. Okay. And here's Noah receiving the call from Anna Delvey from jail. Anna. An inmate at the Orange County Jail. This call is from a correction facility and is subject to monitoring. Is it playing? Hi. Hi, how's it going? I'm good, how are you? Oh, good. Have you always made art? Well, I wasn't necessarily an artist, but I took some fashion illustration courses at Christmas in Paris. So I guess that's how I got into drawing. And when I was in prison, so the deal was that I was waiting to go to parole, so I was not giving any interviews because everything um, will be used against me during that hearing. So kind of the only way to communicate uh, with the outside world for me was to like draw because they cannot quote sketches. So um, I feel like constraints were very helpful in that way and kind of like adversity and struggle to did create like something nice in the end. Mm-hmm. So that was just basically my way of um, commenting on what was happening with me without giving interviews. Mm. without writing anything because I just put not for legal purposes so can you explain one of the drawings like what it it was talking about in terms of your feelings Um, do you want to like address one specifically yeah just anyone obviously we're not looking at a picture of the drawing but yeah just maybe say like what kind of feelings were you addressing in the art For example, um, the when I the picture where I'm beating normal people and looking for kids, it was kind of like 
explaining what I'm subjected to and I was trying to like make light of the conditions that I was in prison. And kind of like to highlight the ridiculousness of it. It's just like, it is kind of, like in the end in prison, you just like do whatever you want and they just hold you away from the society. So that was the point of the drawing. Right. So Noah, that was uh, pretty interesting um, insight there. Her talking about like what you know that it was something she could do in prison, uh, and then what happened was Alfredo Martinez took her drawings and made them bigger because she couldn't have larger size papers. So the the paintings that were exhibited at the show were were inspired by her, but actually executed by Alfredo, right? Well, they're actually like replicas of the smaller works. So they're, they're really... Not inter- they're not interpretations. They're just, they're replicas that were enlarged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And then she uh, authorized them as being her work. She did, yes. So I'm giving out the number again, and then I'm going to... Noah, then we're going to talk about your take on this whole, on, on her work and her, and like how, the, how she's being processed by the media from your point of view, since you have firsthand information. Anybody, is there anybody having any questions about what we're going to be discussing or why we're, you know, just call in, Okay. It's 718-673-8201. That's 718-673-718-673-8201. Phones are manned. Call in. Okay. So, Noah, I... After doing all this research, I had made a bunch of assumptions that um, when I first started chatting with you before we got on air seemed wrong, which is cool um, because I want to hear what your take, you know, like what I, you know, what I just said. Go ahead. What are you trying to discover here? Um, I want to find out um, what what your experience with her is and how that's different from what the media says and how that's just having nothing to do with the media, your own idea about Mm -hmm. what's going on. One thing about her is that the Netflix Anna and the the actual Anna are two different people. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the Netflix show. She's seen maybe like one episode, but it's it's basically just um, they've dramatized the character to be a certain way so that the show has a certain kind of character that's a little bit exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Well... They, it's an artistic interpretation of her personality. It's not an identical copy of her personality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of liberties taken in the depict in the depiction of her. Well, they they certainly like they make her out to be the thing that I'm kind of 
curious about is I think, um, I mean, from doing the, re you know, the research that I've done and watching the show, it seems hard to tell exactly. She really believes in herself. She has like this amazing mm -hmm. conviction. And it's hard to believe how much of that she really believed and how much of that mm -hmm. was just pure scheming. Do you know well, what you I know, mean? Well, you know, in some university circles with different scholars that I've been in touch with say that she's become almost kind of a feminist icon that people are, like a feminist hero that people are studying in a certain way in relation to the history of feminism. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think that... Which sounds ridiculous, which may sound <laughs> ridiculous to people that are kind of hardwired or, or triggered to be, like, immediately against her story. But, you know, like, there's a lot of... There's, there's a lot worse going on than what she than her story in terms of, um, like, things that people could be triggered by. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't see her in terms of a right or wrong. Um, her, I don't see the fascination in terms of right or wrong, although that is something people love to discuss. Do you know how many, like, socialites I've met in New York over the last decade that are, like, fit her description exactly and were scheming to do exactly the same thing but just like didn't push it that like didn't get so caught up in all of the stuff that it was like i mean new york is full of delusional socialite wannabes of course that are, like scheming on every single level of every legal and non-legal angle that they possibly can to just walk over everybody else socially and creatively to get what they feel like they should get out of being a complete social predator and fraudulent human being yeah i mean that's... all they want to do all they want to do is be world famous all they want to do is play out their plan and be rich and world famous it's the american way well you got that right um, what I think is really amazing about what I think is why I think Anna Delvey is a phenomenon, though, is because I don't like people that she's a like, you know, a, she's done. She's like a financial criminal. And I don't think that there are very many young. I mean, young, attractive women are really good at getting a lot of things. But she really was able to, like you said, but, you know, push it further. But it wasn't, she was able to manipulate a lot of um, very high-level people and not with her sexual, not, you know, not through mm -hmm. sex, not through having sex mm -hmm. with them, through presenting right. herself as an intelligent, respectable businesswoman. And right. I think that's what's really amazing about her. And you can't, it's hard not to um, respect that. Can I, can I say something about that? Incidentally, speaking to her over the past little while, she made the, and also it's in the podcast, she made the point that the German 
Paris narrative came from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Came from like Jess Pressler at New York Magazine. Mm-hmm. Came from the New York Times or wherever. I don't know exactly where it came from, but she was saying that it wasn't something that she ever said or ever suggested. You know, you're, you're right. I mean, I get that because I don't see it anywhere else. You know, It's a narrative that works for the media. It's a narrative that works for a Netflix program. It's a narrative, you know. Incidentally, uh, Alfredo Martinez, who, I mean, initially um, his collaborator uh, and co-curator on that particular show, Julia Morrison, had been the one that mentioned Anna Delvey to him and to begin with. And then he kind of ran with that. Like when he first brought up the idea of Anna Delvey, I was kind of scratching my head. I was like, okay. And, and then um, he found it was difficult to get her attention. So he he had an article about the potential of curating an art show for her published in page six. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she saw that and her, handlers saw that and he he successfully got broke through that wall where he could communicate with her directly Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. developed an art show developed got brought in an art dealer chris martin Mm -hmm. um, spelled m-a-r-t-i-n-e like chris martin but the the other chris martin is handling her work and they're doing a solo show for her and i'm not as directly involved in that as I am in the group show, an all-women group show that I'm co-curating with Rena O. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Rena O? Uh, sounds familiar, but tell me. Rena O, R-I-N-A-O-H. She's, um, she's an artist and a curator, and um, she also has a very public position because she was a Jeffrey Epstein victim. Ah, and she's the one that exposed Ghislaine Maxwell. And she's suing Virginia Jufri for X number of millions of dollars. It's all over the press. You can read mm-hmm. it. You can just Google mm-hmm. Rena O. Mm-hmm. But that's, a coinc- that's coincidental mm-hmm. that she's a Jeffrey Epstein victim. Mm-hmm. But she's also a great artist. And I just thought that trivia would be interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. She lives with her husband and two kids, and mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's very um, settled down now. But um, um, she's in some legal situations with all of that still in the middle of some, mm. some legal. Wow. Uh, but in the meantime, she's a friend of mine, and she's co-curating this show that has Anna Delvey, and, and we're going to have all women artists in the show. And that'll open in New York. I'm trying to get a space in Manhattan, but it maybe in Brooklyn, but I'll keep mm-hmm. you posted on that. Great. And then I think we're going to do something maybe in, in Miami for our puzzle or something. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. So Anna sort of, she does, I mean, I think she does kind of fit into the art world. Do you, you know, because um, there's something sort of like lawless about her. And then there's something also very, very smart and creative. And well, you know, most people that hear about me interacting with Anna Delvey are like, just say pathetic, like, what the fuck are you doing? And what is your point? And there's a little bit of just kind of like, why, you know, 
people are just like scratching their heads. Like, why are you putting your credibility behind this? And it's very simple. I like her art. I like her. I think she's very smart and funny. And I don't feel like she's a person that is going to proceed in a non-legal way when after her rehabilitation, I, I feel like. I don't think she anticipated being in jail. Even though she was scamming all this money and stuff like that? I mean, if what if what she had proposed had actually worked, she wouldn't have had any problem at all because it would have generated a lot of income. And I mean, she feels like she's in jail for overdrawing her credit card by $55,000 or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I don't know. What do you think about that idea? It sounded, I sort of, um, for my listeners, digested it sort of like Meow Wolf meets uh, Soho House. I think it's hard to mon- yeah. monetize well, that stuff. Well, now actually, Photographiska. Have you heard of Photographiska? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the space that she was trying to secure as the Anna Delvey Foundation, is what I gather. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in there, but mm-hmm. there, you know, there are certain people in the New York art world that just won't be involved with anything Anna Delvey related because they've kind of they have connections that they don't want to burn that she somehow pissed off or whatever. It's a divide it becomes like a divided scene, mm-hmm. you know. Do do people? Um, I'm going to use this. Half the people see her as a hero. Half the people see her as a pariah. Mm-hmm. Do people see her as somebody who's just trying to be famous? Do you think well, that's I mean, part that, of you it? Could drop, you could drop a penny off the Empire State Building and, and every, it would probably hit a person that's trying to be famous every In time. In New York, yeah. Yeah. But, but that's, not, that's not, I mean, what's her motivation? What was her motivation? Well, I think she just got in over her head. But, like, and it just, like, I think things just went down a certain way. And I don't get the sense from knowing her personally that she's like some kind of super bitch that's out to call everybody poor and look down at everybody and mm-hmm. be a, a dragon ice lady or whatever, you, however they want to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's a convenient way of presenting the Anna Delvey character. It's like they made a Lisa Levy character that wasn't neurotic. He would be like, that's not me. <laughs> Well, I also think I'm kidding. You're not. You don't actually strike me as being that neurotic. That's good. Well, you know what? It is what it is, and I'm work. I just work with whatever I have. That's all I can say. Right. Um. She doesn't seem to have a lot of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true? Um. No, no. I think she's very self-aware. Uh, like I said, that the, the character is like, oh, you look poor and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, if you listen to my podcast with her, I ask her about rich people. I say, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you do you hate rich people? Do you resent rich people? And her reaction was like, what is rich? Who are these? Who are rich people? What is that? What does that actually mean? Yeah. You know, I mean, she doesn't look at them. That, she doesn't look at rich people that way. She just looks at them as people. Yeah, and also, like the thing is, the the people she 
quote-unquote scam money off of um, weren't poor. Like, she didn't exploit poor people or people that... She didn't. Ex- she didn't really. Well, did she really hurt somebody? Rob, there's that kind of Robin Hood aesthetic of like kind of trying to exploit rich people. Mm-hmm. Personally, like I don't think anybody really deserves rich or poor. I don't think anybody deserves to be <laughs> exploited or catfished or, or whatever no. it is. And she herself sees that certain things she did were wrong mm-hmm. and were illegal. At a certain, mm-hmm. she's not completely. I asked her if she's a sociopath. She said nobody's ever diagnosed her as being a sociopath. You know, like, you're not dealing with the, the kind of person that's being presented as the Delvey character on Netflix is one character, and the person that Anne Delvey is, as a person that I know, is funny, smart, relaxed, non-judgmental, not, not a psychopath. But she does have this really... She she has a way of answering questions that is like the closest to like a Warhol kind of wit and mm-hmm. and reaction. Like you can ask her something, you can really try to confront her with a question or or whatever it is, and and she's she she'll just she'll say stuff that's like like for example, I asked her if she watched Sex and the City, mm-hmm. and her response was yes, but. It's not a documentary. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of got me. I don't know if you listened to the whole podcast. I did. I did, yes. Okay. So you can see that she's not the kind of evil human being that she's sort of portrayed in the media. No. Um, I actually have a quote from her from the New York Times that I thought that, you know, somebody asked her in prison, the writer asked her in prison, And I thought it really kind of um, reflected on, you know, her her experience in jail. It says, like, I feel like I changed immensely. This is about being in jail. I feel like I changed immensely just due to the fact that I've been exposed to so many people and just seeing other people's walks of life. Having been to prison and having been through the criminal justice system, it just exposed me to a whole different kind of person, and my problems before seem ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So you Well, I mean, she's been in jail for years now. Yeah, four years. Yeah, and, and it's like she's accustomed to that lifestyle because it's a survival thing to try and get through that but like i think she really wants out and and she doesn't want back in um yeah i was gonna ask you about this too is that the impression i got you know from listening to your talk with her and other you know other stuff i mean i'm not an i'm not hey folks i'm no anna anna sorkin or anna delvey expert i'm just (laughs) we're just Finding shit out. I'm also not her manager. I'm also not her manager and her spokesperson. No, not at all. Not at all. She's a phenomenon, really. I just happened happened to know her. And one of the things, you know, like that podcast episode is like over 10,000 listeners at this point. Sure. So it's like gone totally viral. And I've done interviews for like every magazine and newspaper in the world about doing that podcast and the reason being is she was on 60 minutes and then there was something in the new york times and then she was put in jail and she barely did any interviews with anybody yeah 
And, and what ended up happening is because we were working with her art, she came out of her shell and wanted to assist in the promotion of the art show. Yeah. It's actually now like turning into like a big story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did you um, get, like, did, what's your relationship with her like? Did you, how did you get her trust? Was it hard? Do you, it sounds like you have her trust. So was it hard? Well, to we got along. We got, a, we got along personally. We have similarities in our personality. Obviously, I'm not, like, I don't have criminality in my past mm-hmm. or in my future. But mm-hmm. there's a, you know, she does, I don't feel like she has criminality in her future, but she has, um, I don't know, we just kind of got along. Mm-hmm. You know how you meet people and you yeah. either like them or you don't like them? Yeah, of course. Uh, it was less, it was less, less, it became less professional and more just friendly. Because mm-hmm. she uh, trusted you had her, like, that you weren't well, looking. I don't have any. You didn't want anything. I'm working, I'm working with people that are working with her art. Mm-hmm. She knows my motivation Mm-hmm. is not to i mean she knows now because i did a podcast with her where i wasn't asking her necessarily pointed questions i also wasn't coming at her from the perspective of somebody who just took notes after watching the entire netflix series about right her life fictionalized i wasn't like okay so when you went to morocco mm-hmm. and you checked into the hotel <laughs> and, well, you know, like was the hummus like <laughs> smooth or was the hummus you know like i wasn't like living in the anna delvey world that was outside of the anna delvey as a human being kind of thing right so we learned we learned to get to know each other together as opposed to me trying to learn about her from her sort of right right notoriousness right Right. Because somebody like every time somebody would contact her, it would be these kind of journalists looking for a piece of that story. Yeah, I could see that. I could see and that. And we even just had phone calls where it would be like, um, okay, so what are we talking about? So I want to know what you think about her art. And also, it seems like art is one of the things that is sort of um, having a really positive effect on her getting back, you know, rehabilitation, call it whatever you want. So I want to hear your thoughts about her right. art and the role. Well, I'm not I'm not profiting directly on her art. No, no, I'm just asking you as somebody who saw the who was involved in the process of the art getting made and oh, like uh, just your I'm thoughts about it. I'm entirely involved in that process, but I look when I look at her art it's diaristic. Mhm. And it looks kind of like the diary of of a, a almost like an adolescent diary or something. Mm-hmm. It's very girly, kind of with, and she has little dis- different designer brands that she talks about in it, and her on the phone, and she talks about Bitcoin and one, and it's it's very um, relatable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would I would agree. It's not necessarily about the technique, although she has a very recognizable style of making art. Mm-hmm. Like, I can recognize her drawing style. It's not so much about her style as it is about, like, the content. Well, it's also interesting. It seems like from 
my impression, her being in prison and like, you know, doing the work with Alfredo and the show and all the stuff, it sounds like she's really leaning in way more into doing art. Is that right? I mean, you have to also understand when Alfredo got out of prison, he had to put, you know, he had to push his career in the right direction. And I was trying, I was like, remember Joe Heaps Nelson? Of course. He was the one that wrote about Alfredo. Mm-hmm. When Alfredo got out of prison, and Al- and Joe was like, "Oh, you got to meet Alfredo." Well, f- the first thing I- Joe said was, "Alfredo's dead." And I said, "Who?" He said, "Alfredo Martinez. He's dead." I'm like, "Who's Alfredo Martinez?" He's like, "You don't know Alfredo?" It's like, "Oh, Alfredo's uh, this blah blah blah." And he went in this whole story. Then it turns out a couple days later, Joe Heaps Nelson calls me back and he's like. Alfredo's not dead. He fa- his sister faked his death. He wasn't dead the whole time, blah, blah. And then he was wanting to do a story about Alfredo. So Joe wrote this story about Alfredo, who incidentally, uh, Alfredo is incidentally, they're, they're producing, um, producing a show about Alfredo for Netflix. Oh, wow. With actor, an actor playing him. So he's going to be his own version of Anna Delvey. Wow. I don't know what they're going to call it, but it's being produced by Mandalay Pictures, and it's a whole, like, it's a big deal. You know, it's funny. It seems like going to, something like going to prison, really putting yourself on the line like that, sort of um, has, it's sort of, I mean, I think it's, I think it could, it would, must be horrible to be in prison, but it does seem like it gives somebody some authenticity, doesn't it? Yeah, but here's the other thing, then it's like talking to some, somebody calls me up and they're talking about doing something fraudulent. And I say, look, don't do that. That's criminal. You could go to jail. Don't do that. Right. And they say, yeah, but look at what Anna Delvey and Alfredo got out of going to jail. And I'm like, look. That's not a way, that's not like the kind of role model that we're looking for here. That's not like the way of going, that's not the way of living your life that we're trying to promote here. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I mean, I don't know if they would trade, you know, I mean, going to jail is serious shit. I mean, somebody, just... somebody, I think it was on Facebook, I was getting a bunch of like comments from people who were skeptical about the whole idea because I wrote a, an article about the situation for White Hot Magazine. Um, I wrote an article about the situation for White Hot Magazine, and um, and somebody posted, oh, well, are you? Are we doing a show of John Wayne Gacy's paintings next? Oh, God. How can you, know, you like compare? That but it's just like, even if I was doing a show of John Wayne Gacy's paintings, it's art. Art is not just about living people, living legal lives and doing everything perfect. Art is like, you know, like, do you remember the Chapman brothers? Yeah, of course. They did a, They bought Hitler's drawings and mm-hmm. made rainbow watercolors on the original Hitler drawings and then did a show called If Hitler Was a Hippie, How Happy He Would Be. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they bought Goya etchings and put clown faces on them. I'm not... I'm not comparing Anna Delvey to mm-hmm. these horrible figures right. in history. But what I'm saying is, if somebody interprets her as being evil, there's something interesting about 
presenting art by people that are abnormal people. Sure. If you go, go, go to the Outsider Art Fair. Sure. Look at all of the weirdos that they, that they show at the Outsider Art Fair. I'm not saying Anna Delvey is a weirdo either. I'm just saying if anybody interprets her as being a certain way and thinks that their interpretation of her is justification to condemn my oh. working with that, that art, I think they're, they're wrong because that work has an interest based on like who she is, what her story is, what the gravitas of the cultural moment is. I mean, she... I can argue for culture. It doesn't necessarily matter what that culture is, but I can argue for, for I can stand behind culture. Well, I think as a cultural figure, she's like very innovative and original. I mean, she's a young woman who, um, you know, was able to pull the stuff off and have all these experiences. And like, what's the difference between her and Martha Stewart? You know what I mean? She reminds it's well, more you like bring that. Up next, you, that is possibly the best point I've heard this whole the whole time. That's why you get the big bucks. Yeah, yeah. Is that why you get the big bucks? Uh, I'm not patronizing you. I actually, I'm not patronizing you. I actually think that that is a good comparison. I mean, yeah, she. Yeah, but doesn't Martha? You know, Martha Stewart kind of like I like Martha Stewart better now that she's been to jail because and like her relationship with Snoop Dogg and all that other stuff. Right. Like it's kind of well, what, what is Snoop Dogg? I'm sure Snoop Dogg's done some crazy stuff as I'm well. Sure. He's probably been in jail too. I mean, I was or talking to somebody the other night. Look at Mike Tyson. He's done a lot of crazy stuff. He he was up on different charges and. He bit at Evander Holyfield's ear off, mm-hmm. and and he has a cartoon and is a fun-loving, comedic, older Mike Tyson from the Hangover movies. Right, right, right. So, and Will Smith, if if Mike Tyson can recover from biting off Evander Holyfield's ear, Will Smith can recover from slapping Chris Rock. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, everybody, gets, everybody gets a second chance in America. The thing, the thing I didn't really understand is when I heard um, Anna Delvey talking about art and art, and then on your podcast with you, um, she didn't strike me as somebody who had a deep relationship with art, but she wanted to start an art foundation, and I didn't really understand that. Can you? Do you? She's very. She's very sophisticated about contemporary art. She mm-hmm. knows all of the references and all of the art, some of the artists personally, and uh, is a big fan of Richard Serra, James Terrell, different people like that. Um, she's been involved in the art world. I mean, the, the point that she made to me, and it's true, is that the art and fashion crowd is basically the same group of people that travel around internationally to London, Paris, New York, Berlin, art circles and fashion circles in this era are very closely related now. Those crowds are in- interwoven. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you Look know... At somebody like Vir- Virgil Abloh, for example, or even like like Pharrell, mm-hmm. or Con- mm-hmm. Kanye West, mm-hmm. or any of these people, like they have, a, like there's a, there's, you know, to, those are like more sort of classic examples, but they're like, you know, art, 
fashion, music, um, television, movies, whatever. Well, there's a certain level of culture that's sort of kind of coalescing together. And I think a lot of it mm-hmm. has to do with the amount of money it's generating a certain, that, at a certain there's level. Also the cult, there's also the cult of celebrity. Yes. And actually, Alfredo made the point that celebrity is transferable. So if I have $100, I can give it to you and you can give me two fifties. Uh-huh. And then somebody else can have, give me four, you know, whatever. So you mean you, celebrity can rub off onto other people, is that what you mean? Well, like, for example, I worked with Ben Stiller and Adrian Brody and mm-hmm. those people. Um, uh, Adrian Brody makes art. Yeah. You've, you've, um, written, you've written about him. A little bit. Uh, I worked at it with him at his studio, and he, he makes art. His, his mother, uh, Sylvia Plachy, Plachy, or I don't oh, know how you say it, but yeah. she's a photographer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very and, well known. Uh, yes. And um, so artists, you know, celebrities don't always make great artists. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, like, famous for being something else, but they want to, you know, somehow they always want to be famous for being an artist um then the reason is because what we do and what we what we have as artists and what we represent there's a kind of a fairy an art world fairy dust that is something that you Uh. can't you can't get anywhere other than like getting it from noah becker or getting it from gagosian or getting it Mm -hmm. from Roberta Smith or getting, you know, that that kind of gravitas in the art world is very, very rare. Hmm. And celebrity, and like they look at famous artists and they, and they, and it's the one lifestyle that seems more glamorous than, than being a famous actor Hmm. or something. That's so interesting. I hadn't really thought of that. And strangely enough, like strangely enough, art people want to be in movies Mm-hmm. Movie yeah. people want to be artists, and art people want to be in movies. So, I've just been connecting with not even just movie people, but like I've just been connecting with famous people that want to be artists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've been connecting with artists that want to be famous mo- people in movies and TV. Mm-hmm. So there's this weird kind of commerce that's going on. Yeah, with I all could. That. I could I can see that. I also think I was going to say that I think Anna Delvey has the makings of being a celebrity in for um in any in any way. You know um Well yeah, she's like a she's kind of like She's got she's like a Kardashian, she's like a Kardashian, but I I feel like I feel like she's more of a democratic Kardashian, not such a weird Trump narrative, Republican kind of Kardashian. Well, you know, and she's smarter than the Kardashians. In yes, the she does seem like particularly smart. I must say, in everything, very everything smart. about her. Um, you know, it's funny because I did an interview. I had a session with uh, Amy Schumer in 2010 before she became famous, and she has the same. There's a certain kind of unquestioning, questioning. Um, conviction that that Schumer had that Anna Delvey seems to have, but that I think a lot of celebrities, that I think it 
I think there's a quality of like charisma combined with that, and I think celebrity um, can be. I think it's a quality that can be manifested in many, many ways. Hmm. So you agree with the celebrity? Celebrity is transferable. Is that yeah? Yeah. It's taken. It's taken me a long time to see. I've watched Alfredo become more legitimate and less sketchy in people's minds over the years. And I think now he's having, he's going to have a huge moment. So I'm really happy for him about that. Mm -hmm. I think Anna Delvey has another big moment coming up mm -hmm. with, with her work. And um, um, it, it'll just be interesting to watch. Yeah, I can totally see how, I mean, I saw her work at that show and I thought, it was very compelling. It was, like you said, very accessible, very relatable. Um, very. It had a lot of charm and humor, and um, right. you could hang and and you could hang it up. And she, well, you didn't feel her, right? you she never. Does have a very, she has a sense of humor. You never feel sorry for her. You never feel well, sorry for a, her. She has a good sense of she has a good sense of humor. She doesn't take herself as seriously as the character that they portray on the series makes her out to be. Like, oh, you look poor, and you look, you know, blah blah blah. Like, kind of this condescending psychopath is not really what I got from her. Which is part of the reason why I thought continuing working with her and continuing communicating with her was not a bad thing. Because I think the actual person that she is will start to emerge more and more as she gets, you know, she may just get deported to Frankfurt, Germany and be over there. I don't know. Do you I think, what do, what, what's your feeling about her getting deported? Do you think well, it's if like... Well, if ICE is going to, if ICE is going to, ICE already tried to deport her and then she had some court cases that meant that it was illegal for them to deport her. So I think they they don't want her to be like another free Mumia Abu Jamal like uh. ongoing and like when you do an art we did an art show free Anna Delvey and then they tried to deport her in the middle of the art show because they they don't want thirty years of bad press surrounding the fact that this cultural icon or this Netflix hero or whatever whatever it is 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 being unlawfully held. And so many people are making so much money off of her right now, too. You know what, Noah? As always, this has been an amazing conversation. We have to go. I want to make sure that, um, and thank you so much. And I want to um, remind people to go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Check, check us out. Stick around. There's great programming. And look. Noah up on whitehuntmagazine.com and noahbeckerart.com. Dr. Lisa gets shit.